Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 73 through 80. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 10 through 19. To whom shall I speak and give warning, that they may hear? Behold, their ears are uncircumcised, they cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord is to them an object of scorn. They take no pleasure in it. Therefore, I am full of the wrath of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in. Pour it out upon the children in the street and upon the gatherings of young men also. Both husband and wife shall be taken, the elderly and the very aged. Their houses shall be turned over to others, their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, declares the Lord. From the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from the prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. I sent watchmen over you, saying, Pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not pay attention. Therefore hear, O nations, and know, O congregation, what will happen to them. Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their devices because they have not paid attention to my words. And as for my law, they have rejected it. Acts chapter 19, verses 21 through 27. Now after these events, Saul restored to, resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, we know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Saul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, 
she whom all Asia and the world worship. Good morning and welcome to the fifth day after Pentecost, also known as Independence Day in the States. I um, delayed recording this morning or today um, in part because it's a holiday and I don't usually record on holidays, but it's also a really complicated holiday. Um, On the one hand, uh, we have seen the Supreme Court uh, take an unprecedented action of, of rolling back rights that had previously been held as constitutional. Um, It's also dissolving the ability of federal agencies to uh, hold companies accountable for pollution and, uh, you know, who knows where the doomsday clock is with climate change. Um, And all of this is, has been built on the back of a kind of inverted civil rights movement. Um, I say that because the if it feels like the rule of the minority, I think that that is a fair assessment. Um, something like four of the nine Supreme Court justices, maybe five, were appointed by presidents who lost the um, popular vote. And so they don't represent uh, the will of the people. Um, in the Senate, the same is true, thanks to gerrymandering in 2010 and again now in 2020, um, there will be a disproportionate number of representatives and senators who don't represent the the popular interest in their states. And we have what can legitimately call the rule of the minority, the shrill uh, conspiracy conspiracy theorist uh, voices of the far right are politically active, and the rest of us are not... uh, as comparatively politically active. And so July 4th, uh, we gained our independence because we didn't want to pay taxes under King George. I I want to be real about that. Um, But it was also the beginning of something unprecedented, which was uh, something like a popular democracy, not a constitutional republic, but an attempt at a democratic republic where the will of the people is supposed to matter but it's not a direct democracy. And they did that because they're slaves and they didn't want slaves voting. And so America has a complicated history to say the absolute least. Um, and this is the day that we celebrate the birth of that nation when we signed this letter to King George and said, look, we're not taking this shit anymore and we're going to, we're going to band together to uh, effect our desires, to take responsibility of our own interests and self-determination. And in a, in a way, that was good. Um, but anything born in complication is going to carry those complications with it. I mean, we had chattel slavery for hundreds of years afterwards. Um, and then it only really began to unwind um, uh, in the, in, as a result of a civil war. And then those who were oppressed and enslaved um, were uh, denied rights for many decades until the civil rights movement came along. And in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, you would have heard moderate, you know, centrist white Americans expressing distrust or suspicion or hesitation about 
securing rights for a minority. I think even today, uh, African Americans make up less than 20, I think about 25% of the population. Um, I think it might be lower, but I think it's the 26 number, 26%. I could be misremembering my statistics. And for you know people who thought that they were moderate, they may not have been against it, but they there was enough speculation, hesitation that it took as long as it did to sway centrist Americans. Um, and if you were opposed, uh, you know, a lot of Southern, uh, a lot of Americans in the South were actively opposed to the rights of African Americans. Um, and they all the more likely saw it as minority rule. Um, and they probably felt the way a lot of moderate and progressive Americans feel today, where we look at what's going on and the de- decisions that you know the Supreme Court and Congress and the president are making, and uh, maybe not so much the president, maybe the prior president, but um, they feel at risk. You know, they feel like something needs to be done. And how, well, how do we affect our agenda? Well, we play the long game. We uh, you know, we pack the courts. We we retire only when we think one of our own team is in power. Uh, we uh, pump up and, and and falsely inflate the the scandal that, that is pro life or abortion access or whatever all else, not based on reason and the 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 best interests of our ideals as Americans, but as ideological you know, weapons. Um, I'm rambling now, but I, w- I, I wanted to address that also because, you know, I was, I have, I have this weird, this, <laughs> I was born on Christmas and, and baptized on the 4th of July. Like I feel uh, this intersection of God and country and right and left, conservative, progressive. I feel it. I have felt it for a, at least a decade, if not much longer. Um, and I think on the one hand, there's some legitimate concern over what Martin Luther King called moderates. Um, but he was, he, I don't think he was using the term in in the way we would today. Uh, it, what he was doing was only polarizing in the South. Um, and a lot of the moderates were not against it. They just didn't care. I think there's a lot of people who care, who are at the center of these, you know, kind of polarizing times, um, who are kind of accustomed to just kind of sitting back and watching things take place around them. Um, And one thing the civil rights movement, and I think the, I don't know, the Federalist Society, uh, conservative movement, whatever you want to call it, I think um, they, in their own way, were strategic about, you know, how do we go about being politically active? We have to be politically active in order to get what we want. Um, You know, it began with the civil rights movement. Now conservatives, again, I think, are realizing like, oh, this is how we create change. Um, And so the people in the middle, like, for example, I I think I heard or read somewhere that 60% of Americans oppose um, you know, most restrictions on abortion, with the exception of 
you know, before viability or something like that. So most people have a pretty reasonable centrist, you know, perspective, but we don't vote. We don't know who our state representatives are, which may be getting a lot more power um, if the Supreme Court rules on the independent legislature theory next session, which it indicates that it will. Um, like we were complacent. And <clears throat> uh, in our readings today, um, I, you know, I couldn't help but notice the, the line from Jeremiah, you know, they, uh, people are saying peace, peace when there is no peace, uh, that everything's all right when it's not all right. We're going to go out and celebrate and light fireworks and like everything's not okay. Um, and part of that is I think we make a God of, in order to affect change, you almost have to make a God of the political system. You have to, you know, devote your whole life to it. You've got to, you know, know the ins and outs and, and, you know, try and get favors from powerful people. And in order to get things done, that seems like the only way to do it. Um, and the reading from Acts this morning talks about, oh, these people are like, oh, our gods are under, are under threat. And make no mistake, that's, that is what is going on. Our God, um, whether that's, you know, power, whether that's, um, you know, enforcing our morality, um, whether that's our, you know, our access to feeling superior, um, that, that is a God. And in, in Ephesus, they come together and say, hey, real bluntly, we make these things and they're not gods. And Saul is going around, the church is going around saying, they're not gods. What does it mean to be a God-fearing person in a democratic republic like we have? It's not to rely solely on favors and, and political sloganeering. It's to remain calmly, politically active. Know who your representatives are. And strike up a conversation with them. Make sure they know that you're watching and that you vote. And then do it. Um, this 4th of July is also the 10-year anniversary of the release of my first book, Reborn the 4th of July. <clears throat> and I had intended to record more of the book and input some of the, the audio and uh, elsewhere upload video from my own combat deployment. Because I didn't journal. I don't know why. And the email address I use, I, I no longer have, and so I don't have access to the emails, but I have these videos that I took that I can extract audio from. Uh, but because of all the transition, I wasn't able to do all that. And I'm behind schedule. I still want to do it, but I wanted to get a lot more out before the actual release date, which I haven't done. So that's another reason that this July 4th just feels a little bit more melancholy. Um, and I struggle with whether or not to record because it would be a reminder that I was supposed to be recording Reborn on the 4th of July, and I haven't been. Um, but more importantly, for a lot of Americans um, in trigger states and not in trigger states, um, this is a holiday that feels inappropriate. Um, and a lot of myself included, I'm a little nervous about <clears throat> whether or not there will be like infantile triumphalism on display by conservatives here in Orange County, which there are a lot of. Um, last week we were at a church and the, the pastor made zero mention of Roe v. Wade being overturned, which is a big deal for people not in power, for people who 
um, don't have the resources, the means to affect their own self-determination. Um, and so when we look back on a day when a lot of privileged white landowning slaveholders got their pennies in a jumble because they didn't, they didn't like how they're being taxed, like, I'm sorry, that's, that today feels all the more complicated in light of our situation today. And maybe it should always feel complicated. Um, but I think today, this last, you know, seven to 14 days has been particularly problematic for uh, the best ideas, the ideals, the best angels of our own nature as Americans, where we talk about liberty, we talk about peace, we talk about prosperity, but we make it difficult um, for people to pave their own way. Uh, we, you know, it's, and that shouldn't be the case. It should not be the case that some get this thing we call liberty and others uh, don't. Um, and so that is a deep paradox of living in a state, a nation like, like ours. A Collect for Independence Day from the Book of Common Prayer. Lord God Almighty, in whose name the founders of this country won liberty for themselves and for us, and let the torch of freedom for other nations, grant that we and all the peoples of this land may have grace to maintain our liberties in righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who reigns and lives with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.